0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times, and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So good to be together today. We're going to spend our time in John 15. So if you got your Bibles, head on over there. John 15, verses 1 to 8. 1 to 8. It says this: I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. See, I am the vine and you are the branches. So whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do Nothing. Everyone say nothing. Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Come, let's pray together before we jump into this. So, Father, I thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to come around your word. And I pray that for each and every one of us, we would experience, Lord, you in a fresh way, would see you in a new way. Speak to us individually wherever we are on our faith journey. So we love you, Lord. We honor you for today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, um, during, during lockdown, uh, I'm about to say something really controversial, but during lockdown, Demi and I, and my, well, my family, uh, we, we went on holiday a few times. Like, actually every week. Um, actually every week on a Friday, we went on holiday. Now, I know you're probably thinking your brain's uh, flying a thousand miles an hour. Like, where do, where do, where, what do you mean? Like, did, did you guys, like, sneak over the borders? Like, we locked down. Uh, we were locked down, and we went to a very exotic place every Friday without fail and this exotic location, you ready? You wanna know? What do you think it is? Put it in the chat, put it in the chat what you think it is. But we went to this exotic place called Woolies. Go Woolies. <laughs> we, we we love Woolies, and, and maybe you're thinking as well, like, oh, I thought I, I didn't go on holiday. You went on holiday every week to your local grocery place. And uh, we, we would go, we loved Woolies. My, my son Eli absolutely adores Woolies trips like he loves the trolley experience um, he also loves getting free fruit now, I, I maybe maybe you don't know maybe you haven't seen if you don't have kids maybe you've missed it entirely but there is a free fruit stand at Woolies and uh, so we we have to do Woolies trips uh, regularly cuz my son loves it earlier this year I took took my son to to Woolies and as I said, it's like a family holiday. So we get away, we get away with a lot of like experiences with my boy. So we took him to Woolies and and he knows, he knows the stand. So he sees the sign and he knows that the sign, because he's asked me, it says free fruit for kids. And so when he sees that sign, that says free fruit for kids. He expects that there will be a basket that's full of fruit. And so when my son, when my son sees this then, he has this expectation. So anyway, we walk up to Woolies and we we see the sign and my son's face lights up and he's like, fruit, fruit. He starts getting so passionate and and we walk up and I'm feeling like a proud dad. And as we get to the fruit basket, I realise that there's no fruit in the basket. And his little two-and-a-half-year-old face, he looks up at the basket, he looks at the sign that says, free fruit. He looks down and sees no fruit and he just begins to bawl his eyes out. And he looks at me and he says, Dad, Dad, they say fruit, but no fruit. They they say fruit, but no fruit. And instantly, he just lost interest in Woolies. He didn't want to go in, he wanted to leave. And sadly, it's the same phrase that so many people around the world say when they look at Christians often is that they say fruit, but no fruit. Because I don't know if you realize, people read Christians before they read Bibles. And uh, the truth is that our fruit is visible and the world is looking for our fruit. And I wonder if people were to peer into your fruit basket, if they would peer into your life, I wonder if people would see fruit that points to the greatest news that's ever been, that Jesus Christ died for us and is the hope of the world. I wonder if that's what they see or, or if they'd see something else. I want to talk around the idea today and, and the topic, the title, of Pass the Fruit. Pass the Fruit. You know, Jesus said in verse 8, "Bear much." fruit, and so prove to be my disciple. He says, prove to be my disciple. So he's basically given the criteria of being a disciple of Jesus. It's not actually about our deep theological terminology that we know. Like it's not about the length of time of following. Uh, It's not actually about our online attendance, even though it's awesome that you're watching today, wherever you are. It's actually about the fruit that we bear, that our fruit is the thing the fruit that's produced in our life is the thing that determines whether or not we are a disciple of Jesus. You know, if I was to put fruit like this, if I was to define it, it's this. It is the results, evidence, and signs of something. It's the results, evidence, and signs of something. So if we, if we truly are disciples of Jesus, then we've got to ask ourselves this question, this challenging question today. and We've got to ask God to help us. Does my life display results, evidence, and signs that Jesus is who he says he is? Does my life, your life, display results, evidence, and signs that Jesus is who he says he is? Because fruit is the proof that the tree is healthy. Words isn't. So like words isn't the proof. Fruit is the proof that the tree is healthy? We have to ask ourselves the question: Am I bearing much fruit? When I look when I look at my marriage, is there results, evidence, and signs that Jesus is who he says he is? When when I look at my workplace, is, is is there results, evidence and signs that Jesus is who he says he is, or in my day-to-day, when I get stuck in traffic or with people who don't look like me, vote like me, sound like me? Are there results, evidence and signs that Jesus is? Who he says he is. And Jesus says to bear this fruit. He says to bear it. To, to bear something, it means to carry it. In other words, it's visible. Uh, let, me, let me put it in a 2020, 2020 way. Uh, you are a fruit bowl. You are a walking, talking fruit bowl. That our life is visible of the fruit that we bear, the fruit that we carry. You know, maybe you've experienced this before with people like, well, there's something different about you there's just there's just something different or maybe when you say something there's some weight there's this added weight behind what you say and people just they, they believe you well it's because they're seeing you for the lens and the filter of your fruit before they hear your words it's like the pharisees who were the religious leaders in jesus's day that when they saw jesus they gave him a title they called him the friend of sinners like jesus didn't say hey i'm a friend of sinners though no, the pharisees called him a friend of sinners The Pharisees saw Jesus' fruit, they saw his fruit bowl, and that was the title that they gave him. I, I wonder what title people would give you as they peer into your fruit bowl and into my fruit bowl. Because if we truly want to be a disciple of Jesus whose life speaks of, as I said, the greatest news, that Jesus is the hope of the world, then we need to do a fruit inspection. And that's what we're going to do together today. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have a fruit inspection. But before we jump into the inspection, uh, we got to jump back and look at the first time fruit was ever introduced to mankind. And we see it in Genesis 1, verse 28. And we see it with Adam and Eve, the first man and woman produced by God. It says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Be fruitful and Multiply. So God gives them the calling for their life. But then it's only a couple of chapters later in verse 6 we then read that when the woman Eve saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her hubby who was with her and he ate it too. So this is the one tree that God said not to eat from. Like They had the whole garden. They had everything. And God said, this is the one tree, don't eat from this tree. And the devil deceives them to eat the fruit from this one particular tree. And it would give them wisdom, the wisdom of God. I find it so interesting that they would get the wisdom from the fruit, even though I don't know if they realized that they were made in the image of God. So they already had the wisdom of God. The God said, be fruit. And the devil deceived them to eat fruit, that they consumed what they were meant to be And that's why we have this consumeristic Christianity, where we have people just just eat, 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 eating fruit instead of bearing fruit, consuming, 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 instead of producing fruit. We have so many people who are just watching over and repeat, binge watching like Netflix series and documentaries that inspire and that point people towards God. And and, and they're watching these things and they eat, 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 instead of bearing the fruit where they're the ones that are meant to be producing those movies. Or maybe it's even watching politics. And people watching politics and just like eating, 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 with opinion, opinion, eat, 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 uh, politics and politics. when, When really, we're meant to be the ones bearing the fruit. Maybe God wants you to be the politician. You're the one who's meant to be influencing parliament and government and policies. But we, we can't do that if we're just eating the fruit and we, we call it inspiration. I'm just getting inspiration. I'm just watching to be inspired. But really, it's just procrastination that we are not called to eat what we're meant to bear. So, so how, how do we today, and that's what I want to talk about, three, three thoughts about how do we today bear much fruit in our lives so that the world will know that we are true disciples of Jesus, the one who changes lives. So number one, first thing, if we want to bear much fruit, we have to understand the garden. We've got to understand the garden. In verse one, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So Jesus is making it really clear from the outset, off the bat, that he is the vine, the true vine. In other words, he is the life source. He is the central piece. Like everything revolves around him. Everything is found in Jesus. You don't have to search here and there for a source. He is the source. Everything is in him. And then he goes on to say, and his father is the vine dresser. A vine dresser is the gardener. So so Jesus is the vine, and his Father is the gardener who is committed to the care and the overall growth of the garden. So so firstly, if we, if we want a life that's full of fruit, then we have to recognize that Jesus is the guarantee of fruit, and the Father is the guarantee that there'll be much of it. So Jesus is the guarantee of fruit. So, so, so hear this good news today that You may be feeling like, I'm fruitless. I don't really understand what fruit I have. Well, Jesus, if Jesus is in your life, He's the guarantee that you will have fruit. And then God, our Father, Father God, He is the guarantee that there'll be much of it. And in verse two, He goes on and says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. You know, when I've heard this preached so many times and I've walked away feeling so condemned, just feeling like, Oh my gosh, this is Jesus threatening and being angry at unproductive Christians. Like, and I remember reading this again as I was prepping and just thinking, like, is, is this really what Jesus is trying to say? And as I studied and studied, I saw something quite remarkable in this that the original English word, the phrase that takes away, is derived from a Greek word called Iro, Iro, and that word Iro doesn't mean to take away, but it means to raise up. It means to take upon oneself and bear what has been raised up. See, for a vine to bear much fruit, it has to be elevated. It has to be lifted up. So if a vine isn't bearing much fruit, the gardener has to pick it up and lift it up. And maybe you're feeling flat. Maybe you're feeling down. You're feeling like, oh, man, I'm full of sin. You don't know what I've done. You're feeling like you don't know what I did last night. You're feeling low on yourself. Well, here's the truth. Jesus is committed to elevate in you so that you will bear much fruit, just like a gardener would, where it gets down. And that's the beauty of a gardener. You've got to get down to the branch. You've got to elevate it. You've got to lift it up. And that's Jesus's commitment to you as he will lift the vine in our lives, as he'll lift it back up again to bear much fruit. And, and I'll tell you why I know this is what he does. Well, it's because he's already done it. Over 2,000 years ago, the true vine was elevated onto a piece of wood and and, and died. And three days later, the true vine, Jesus, came back from the dead, producing fruit that changed the game forever and for all mankind, that we have salvation, we have life, we have everything we need. in life and godliness is found in the fruit that comes from Jesus, it was a commitment to mankind. It's a fruit that says, I will never leave you, I will never abandon you, I am with you. So if you're feeling like your fruit bowl is empty, Jesus is committed to filling your fruit bowl because He is the true vine. He doesn't take you away, He lifts you up. Number two, if we, if we want to bear much fruit, don't run from the shears. Like, don't, don't run from the shears. Verse 2 finishes up, it's like a branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So, so if you're bearing fruit, if the, the fruit bowls filling up, there's going to be some pruning that happens. There's going uh, to be some exposure. There's going to be an allowance uh, of pain that you may experience, some pruning that happens. And this isn't because of like anger or, or frustration. Uh, you know, if Jesus died on the cross and still had an attitude, like, I wouldn't follow that kind of God. Like, he, he doesn't have an attitude. He is at peace with you uh, because of the cross. You know, when, um, when I was talking to my mother-in-law, because my mother-in-law is a gardener. And so for many years, she has been attempting, trying to uh, help me to get a green thumb. Like, she, she wants me to be a gardener. But look, I keep telling her, I'm a city boy, mum. Like I love the concrete, the concrete jungle. You can have your garden jungle, I'm the concrete jungle. But she always tells me these little lessons and uh, she told me about pruning once. And I remember as we spoke about it, it was a bit of a light bulb moment. Cause I thought pruning happened, like you just got a chainsaw and you just like cut down the dead thing. Like just, just cut it down. Doesn't matter how it happens, hack that thing, hack it. And uh, she told me, no, that's not how it works. Pruning happens, it's intentional and it's delicate and it happens in the gardener's hand that the gardener gets down low, he places it in his hand and begins to cut off dead things with intentionality, that with every cut it's precise. So that it's thinking, the gardener is thinking with foresight, it's thinking if I cut this dead thing now, it's so that they'll produce more fruit in the future. If I just cut this off right now in this moment, it's right now in my hand, remember controlled, in my hand, I cut this thing in this moment, then it means that this thing will have more life. and, and she said something, that the gardener will only cut that which they believe has potential. So maybe you're like, well, I'm experiencing a pruning right now. I'm experiencing pain. I'm experiencing these crazy things. that I'm like, how did this happen? Where did this come from? Maybe, just maybe, there is a pruning that's happening. And in that pruning, it's not because God doesn't love you. It's because He absolutely loves you. And, and, and it's not that He just loves you, but He believes there is potential for more fruit. The gardener only cuts that which he believes has potential. There is potential for your life. God maybe is cutting back dead things, the dead things of of toxic relationships. Maybe it's the dead things of attitudes, mindsets. Maybe it is uh, addictions that's being broken. Maybe it's even just comfort. Maybe you've been comfortable and there's a pruning that's beginning to happen. The process that God is putting you through isn't punishment, but it's because he sees potential. So there is life that God wants to bring and he wants you to bear much fruit, but don't run from the shears. Don't run from the shears. Don't run from the cutting. Don't run. Don't run from the conviction. You know, don't, 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 don't run from it because it's in there that you will bear much fruit. And number three, the final one, and maybe you are fast asleep right now. Wake up because if you've missed everything else, this is the one, that, the one takeaway, number three. You want to bear much fruit, you've got to stay connected. You've got to stay connected. Jesus goes on and he says, I, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me. I love that. Whoever, there's not a prerequisite of who it is. It's whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That word abide, it means to stay in one place for a long period of time. You know, so often we're so flighty with God. We're so flighty. It's like, oh, you know, I've got a bad attitude. Something happens and we begin to run, 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 run. No, it's remain in me and I in you. I'm not flighty. Jesus isn't flighty with you. He has made a commitment. He's like, remain, stay. The focus is remaining. The focus is a continual awareness of God in our life. It's the continual awareness of God that He is present. Even when things are not looking good, when things are hard, but really the dangerous one is even when things are really easy, that there is a continual awareness that God is in our lives. Look, if if I was to give you, like, let me put it like this, if I was to give you like a million-dollar chain, like I mean, this thing's expensive. And I gave it to you as a gift. You had to wear this thing. I guarantee you would, you would sleep with that thing. Like I guarantee you were not taking off that chain. You're gonna have security guards around you. You are gonna be understanding the great value that you have. You're gonna be continually checking throughout the day. Have I still got it? Did I drop it? Did I drop it? Did somebody get too close with to it? This is, this, is, this is mine, this is mine, this is, this, is, this is mine because you understand the great price. Do you understand the great price of Jesus? The great price of relationship that we have with Jesus. Like, this is the greatest opportunity of all of mankind to be in relationship with the creator of the heavens and earth. Like, this is a game changer. And how do I get this? How? Well, just by staying connected. And, and here's, here's the truth that when you stay connected to the vine, that's when fruit, when fruit follows. That fruit follows connection. Fruit is a byproduct of connection rather than effort. It's a result of connection rather than effort. And maybe like, well, my fruit bowl's empty. I've been trying for years, Darryl. Like this, this message doesn't work. I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying. And maybe that's your issue today, that you have tried too hard. You've tried and you've tried and you've done everything you can. But here's the truth. Fruit is not a product of your effort. It's a product of Connection and maybe you just need to stop trying and focus on connecting. Focus on remaining. Focus on staying connected and watch the fruit of love. What's the fruit of peace? What's the fruit of true repentance begin to stir in your life? What's the fruit of strength begin to come as you just stay intimate with God, as you stay focused on Him, a continual awareness. Of the connection to God. And and this is is awesome because God then gives even more, even more help on how do we stay connected with this continual awareness where He says, You are the branches. You are the branches. Uh, In other words, uh, the branches, it resembles the church. You are the branches. Have you ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen a branch where they begin to interlock and intertwine and connect and suddenly you have this connection, you, suddenly you have this strong one vine, this piece that cannot be pulled, it cannot be ripped, it's strong. That's that's an image of the church as we stay connected to God, we suddenly become connected to one another, we we'll be, we become stronger, we begin to inspire each other to have this continual awareness, we we continue to push each other towards God, into intimacy with Him, that's why we have lot. Life groups it's not so that we could just be like oh we have life groups in our church no it's because we are committed to people connecting to the vine and fruit being the byproduct and maybe you're like well why this message Daryl yeah this is convicting um, yeah this is challenging but why 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 all of this well it's because of James 4:14 4, and I'm telling you when, I, when when I read this scripture it brought me to my knees James four. 14 says this, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a short, for a a little time and then vanishes. For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Basically, basically this is your life. This is my life. It's here. And it's gone. And and typically this is what we do with our life. Our life begins and it's money, cars, things, accolades. The mist is gone. Suddenly it's like awards, people, relationships and certain. And suddenly what we're doing is we're, we're, we're trying to bear stuff instead of bearing fruit. We're trying to bear the things that don't have significance when, in, in regards to eternity. We're trying to bear things that don't have significance in regards to God and humanity. And instead we're called to bear fruit that points people to the answer, to the solution, connects people to the source, to the Alpha, to the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Everything is found in God. We are called to bear fruit. Why? Because our life is a mist. Like we, we, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, but we need to bear fruit today so that we'll see many people begin to refocus their mist, so that they will focus in and say, I want to pass the fruit. I, I want to I be somebody that bears much fruit, that shows a Saviour, a Saviour who can do all things. And-, and-, and maybe today you are a believer, you're a Christian and you're saying, look Daryl, I, I want to bear much fruit. I know in my life, I, I need to make a commitment that I am going to be committed to the process of the garden. I'm going to understand the garden. I'm going to be committed to pruning, like being pruned by God. I'm not going to run from the shears. And then equally, I'm going to focus on just remaining, just connecting to God. If that's you, I want to pray for you. So I just want you right now, wherever you are, I just want you to take a moment. I just want you to stand up. I just want you to lift your hands. Whether you're in your home or whether you're outside, you're in your car, if you can't stand, raise your heads wherever you are. And I want to pray for you. So, Father, I pray right now for every person who has their hand raised, every believer, and I thank you that God, you don't send us on this lonely mission to gather fruit on our own, but God, through connection with you, God, that you cause us to produce fruit. And fruit, Lord God, that will remain, fruit that transforms the world, fruit that causes us to become closer to you. And I pray, Lord, for each and every person who is carrying guilt, who is carrying condemnation for thinking like they're not good enough. I thank you, Lord, that you are the lifter of our heads. God, that you You lift us up. You don't take us away. And I pray people will encounter your grace and your goodness right now, wherever they are, and have a confidence, but equally an urgency to bear much fruit so the world will know that we are your disciples. Your disciples. And so right now, before before we wrap up, I can't miss this opportunity that maybe you're watching. And I want to assume that everyone who's watching would say that they are a disciple of Jesus, that they are a Christian. And so right now, I love to give you, whoever you are, wherever you are, an opportunity to connect to God. Remember, Jesus said, whoever can abide in Him, if you remain in Him, and he, he will remain in you. In other words, this is a call for anyone that you can be connected to the life source, you can get connected to God, that you can be in a relationship with this Saviour, the one who loves you so much. But let me be real, if you're out for a do-over, a second chance, like this isn't it. Because God doesn't do second chances, He only does new stars, new beginnings. And so this is a moment for a new start, for a new beginning, for your life. So if you're saying, Daryl, that's me. I want to start a new life. I want to walk with this Saviour God. I want to walk with Jesus. We're going to pray this simple prayer. And all I want you to do is just close your eyes and repeat the words after me. And you know what will happen? Instantly, if you pray this from your heart, you are a disciple of Jesus. So let's pray this prayer. Would you say, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I leave the past behind, in Jesus' name, amen.